Dictionaries tell us that spells are a form of spoken words that contain, or are thought to contain, magical power. Likewise, a charm is an object or saying that is thought to contain similar power. In popular usage, both words have become interchangeable when referring to spoken or written magical expressions. A better definition of a spell might be a set of actions and or words intended to bring about a change or revelation. The British Book of Spells and Charms, Graham King. The first thing that I want to know is how did you get involved in witchcraft or, or the study of witchcraft? I think one often discovers that you are already involved in magic and witchcraft and, and that was certainly the case with me always been interested in folklore and the countryside and such like and um, it dawned on me one day that this uh, was actually involved with magic folklore and magic are so closely connected so so I think I've probably always been involved without realizing it um, the study of magic came on after that realization now it does help to live in a place where magical traditions are very alive, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And uh, Boss Castle, I'm so lucky living here. Um, if, if you haven't been, it's totally magical. As you're driving into the village, you can almost feel the magic. Um, and certainly if you walk in along the coast path, you know, as you dip down into the valley, you can just feel it's oozing. Um, atmosphere and magic, beautiful place. Now you are uh, the curator for the Museum of Witchcraft uh, for on in Boscastle for a long time. I mean, you bought it from uh, Cecil, didn't you? I did. Yeah, I um, that that all happened quite magically, really. But um, yeah, I did. I ended up um, buying it on Halloween in 1996 from Cecil Williamson. In fact, we did the deed at midnight. If you look at the documents, the, the lawyers hated it. <laughs> but midnight on Halloween was the official purchase. And I, and I sold it on Halloween as well. Well, I say I sold it. I actually donated the museum to the Museum of British Folklore. Which is now um, uh, where it is, right? So it's the, the curators are and, and uh, all of that is, is on, the, on the Museum of Folklore, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Nothing's changed um, in the museum. They put in some managers and um, they're, they're doing wonderfully well, introducing some new displays and such like. But the museum's still in the same location and um, running uh, exactly the same as it did before. But um, with some younger, enthusiastic um, managers there. So I was getting a bit old, I think, but they're, they're doing really well, putting on lots of extra... Um, activities and such like. There is a lot of, of material that was and is in the Museum of Witchcraft, which helps you to do the British book of spells and charms, right? The, um, the book really came about um, because of the museum. The, uh, there's two aspects to the museum. There's the, the side that most um, of the visitors see, which is, you know, the exhibits and um, the little cards that go with them and lots of um, spells and charms there. 
but also upstairs in the building um there's a most wonderful library um and some uh, i mean cecil williamson's um collections there but we also expanded it hugely in the time that i was um curating the museum um so there's uh, many thousands of books but also a lot of um papers and manuscripts letters um correspondence um and all sorts of um material it's just a wealth of um, magical knowledge if you're surrounded by that much material and you've got an interest in folklore um it, it the book was inevitable really now do you think that you know uh, we're going to go into the book in a minute but uh, i just want to ask you i mean can we by looking at all of these spells um and charms get a realistic portrait of the coming folk i certainly hope so I've, I've tried to be really accurate historically accurate in there i've noted down spells and charms as i've stumbled across them quite often in old documents um and i've referenced the book so so you can see where these uh, charms have come from within modern wicca that there's um a slight bias away from um the Christianity that's involved in a lot of these charms. Um, the charms I've quoted are the ones that we use, the ones that have been recorded. A lot of them have carried on in use within um, Wicca and um, uh, modern paganism, sometimes with the deities changed, which is quite an interesting um, uh, way they've evolved. Yeah. Well, this is, I was talking with a friend yesterday and I was, you know, telling him that I was going to interview you. And, and one of the things that I said, you know, it, it's still today, there are people who are using, you know, Christian um, prayers and words of uh, belonging to the Christian faith um, in their charms. And, and they're still working with it still today. Yeah. I mean, I'm, yeah, you absolutely. Know, Plenty. Uh, yes. And, and uh, it was always, um, uh, and it is also an evolution, isn't it? So it's, it's a taking over of other, another religion and, you know, practice continue but the, uh, the 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 way that you say things change a little bit <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so the divine changes you, you change the name and then you know that's how it works and, and it's really interesting to see um, now looking at the book and this is this is Troy books um, is the uh, publisher and it's a wonderful wonderful little book um, and a wonderful, wonderful little publishing company. It is, isn't it? I mean, they're absolutely fantastic. And and uh, and I just recommended this book for so many people. Um, we have, you know, in the table of contents, you have uh, divided the charms and spells by, you know, uh, theme. So you have yeah. uh, good luck and protection. You have spells and charms with definitions for love. Uh, healing charms, uh, curing animals, cursing and revoking curses, spells and charms in songs, and, and then you have a magical medley of spells and charms. Um, it, it, it really is based on, I mean, I, we can't look at this and see, okay, so this is the very basic needs of humankind, isn't it? <laughs> Luck, yeah. you know, health, yeah. <laughs> wealth, yeah, and all of that. So a Absolutely. Yeah. It's very interesting because it's a portrait not only the of the practitioner itself, but also of the people that ask for it, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. And there's some lovely demonstrations of that in there. There's um, the um, Tamsin Leverton, I think her name was. I've not got it in front of me, but um, the, the, there was a lovely document discovered here um, in Cornwall in the record office. Um, uh, of uh, It's uh, an instruction from a wise man or wise woman um, to their customer telling them how to make a witch bottle. Um, and it's telling them, you know, to fill the bottle with piss and uh, heat it in a hot place and do all the usual things you do with a witch bottle. But I think that's a fabulous demonstration. That That's um, 17th century. Mm -hmm. um, and we, what a fabulous demonstration of not only um, the process of magic, but it demonstrates that the uh, wise woman or the charmer or the wise man could write. It also demonstrates that the person receiving it, one assumes, could read. Um, uh, uh, so so the, this, is, um, this is stuff that was being used, and it, it, the people that were uh, generating the magic with the charmers and wise men, they were intelligent people, of course. They had um, collections of books, well, document, well documented here in Cornwall. You know, the, the book collections were, were surprisingly large. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I love that little charm just because it demonstrates that so well and it's local. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it, there's a, the misperception, right, that they were, oh, they didn't know how to write, they didn't know how to read, they didn't know, you know, it's it's not yeah, really absolutely. true. Yeah. It's, it's simply not true. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about luck, which is something that, you know, we we do say today to people, you know, good luck, you know, and, and, and it's such a interest or wish me luck, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's still today. I mean, we're doing it. <laughs> Well, you, you actually, yeah, you actually um, use magic all the time. Right. Uh, right I right, think right. you know if you you know you say to somebody good morning, <laughs> exactly. Um, you're wishing them. You you know if we look at the definitions of magic, I mean, I, I think the simplest definition would be to try and change an outcome through through your words or thoughts. Yes, and, exactly. Um, yeah. So we do it all the time. Right, right, exactly. And certainly wishing somebody good luck, that's a lovely example of, of magic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Now, one of the things that people ask me a lot um, is about the horseshoe. And there's a confusion apparently about, oh, should we put it up or should we put it down? What do you think? <laughs> yeah, hold it, holding in luck or... Letting yes, it, um, or, or yeah, averted yeah. evil, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I, it depends where you go in the country and which traditions you listen to. But um, to me, I always have it with the points up, actually, you know, but um, maybe we should put one in one way up and one another way up. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's a lovely thing. If you study um, these old charms and traditions, it's amazing how many contradictions there are. And the horseshoe is a good example of that, which way up to put it. Um, to me, um, the act of performing the magic, the act of finding a horseshoe or collecting a horseshoe and putting it on your door, that's the magic. <laughs> exactly. Yes. I think you could put it sideways and it would work just as well. Exactly. <laughs> um, now we do. There is something here about pimpernel, right, as a protection against witchcraft. But it's very interesting because it says it's bad witchcraft. 
right. And I, yeah. I, lo- I loved that because it was like, you know, it's just, you know, bad one. <laughs> so <Right>. don't worry. <laughs> so it really is very interesting, all of the things. Now, the other thing is that actually, it, and, and of course in, in America, was imported um, from the European practices and it got its way into other, you know, traditions here. Um, it's shoes and mm. the use of shoes and of uh, shoe prints and, and mm. you know, the, the prints of the, of the shoe. And uh, so how, how are these shoes? Um, you, you mentioned there's a whole lot of mentioning of shoes. There's the whole thing about shoes. And then how do these can be re- or can they be related with um, protection and or even fertility? Because you mentioned that as well. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, 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 something I'll, I'll, I'll deviate from it to start with, and then I'll come back to it. What I would say is I don't, in the book, or ever in practice, try and explain how magic works. Um, the reason for that is I don't know. <laughs> in fact, if you knew how magic worked, it wouldn't be magic, would it? Right. Um, you know, It's not a science. So, so I can't answer a lot of these questions. But what we can do is look at lots of examples and shoes of, um, I, I suspect it's to do with them taking on the essence of their wearer um, in, in all sorts of ways. If you smell mine, they've certainly taken on my essence, but they actually mould themselves to the wearer as well. So maybe that's why you find so many shoes um, secreted, uh, secreted in houses and why you find you know shoes tied behind their wedding cars and that sort of thing very interesting it is the the, um traditions of laying them in certain positions uh, as well when you go to bed or turning them around when you go to bed yeah i i it is um ever so common and um mysterious i don't know where it all comes from the origins of that i'm not sure now let's get to a very American um, period of time, the 1692 witch trials in Salem, Massachusetts. Now, the whole thing about a spell to see your future husband was was what actually begun all of this, and because <laughs> mm-hmm. Tatuba, which was one of the maiden maidens, uh, made say in the in the house of one of the uh, uh, judges. Um, and she actually gets that to the girl. So that was one of the things that was said. It was that she was trying to show the girls how to see their her, their future husband. Now, this is very right. common, isn't it? This this spell of who are you going to marry it with? Oh, absolutely right. Yeah, good, good St. Thomas, do me right. <laughs> and see my true love come tonight. I'm just reading yes. from the ones in the book. Yeah, <laughs> that I might see him in the face, him in my kind arms embrace. Yeah, this sort of charm. In fact, you see a lot of them. It was, um, uh, you find a lot of them on the Halloween cards. Yes. That um, were mainly printed over here and sold in America, funnily enough. Yes. But um, <laughs> but they did preserve a lot of these um, almost childish sounding charms. Um, very, very common though, but but still today, I'm sure um, some of these practices go on. What when you know we were all when we were teenagers, we were all intrigued, um, weren't we? What, who am I going to marry? Who's you know? Who's a, 
all of our thoughts were about girlfriends and boyfriends and um yeah what's life got in <laughs> yeah. store for me well uh, one of the very simplest uh, you know needs of the humankind is love so you know, that's there you go it's it's a need that's, that's <laughs> yeah yeah and the most powerful magic is driven by uh, driven by need so uh, you know if you need and, it and love yeah, yeah and yeah. love yeah so it's really it's really interesting now the other one is about cures and we're going to the healing um part of it one of them that really is very very common as well and not only here and there but also in all over europe is um to cure uh anger which is uh, fever or malaria and yeah. um or fever in in you know to take the fever out um you you have a couple of examples of this um and they all uh, some of them well if not all of them uh uses um of christian uh imagery and and of course you know other things now but uh, the other one is to stop bleeding right stop the bleeding as yeah. well and yeah. i guess that you know with this is very interesting because uh with this, you can see, you know, people would be out with uh, axes and things and they would cut themselves and they would have very serious wounds and they would lose blood. So um, yeah. fever as well, because of all of the, you know, of the poor conditions and all of that. And we weren't as sanitized as we are today. So uh, were there any of these that, I mean, it's, it looks like in the book that there were a lot of them and you repeat them um, quite a few. So... Were there any more of these that you didn't include just because there are so many of them? Just, just so, there, there are. There are so many. You could right. fill a book full of them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, I, what I've done, um, you know, the, um, the River Jordan chant, you know, the, the, this, uh, you know, Christ stopped the flow of the River Jordan, so might the blood stop flowing in this animal. Right. That's the basic um, core of... Um, an awful lot of the charms, which are still being used around here today, incidentally, um, <laughs> not by people that would call themselves witches, you know, they, they're, they're charmers or healers, um, but they're still using forms of that um, uh, Flume Jordan charm, um, uh, you know, within a few miles of where I'm sitting now. It's incredible, isn't it? That's still, still today. I mean, I know that in Portugal they're still working um exactly like this and it's it's yeah. incredible yeah yeah they use as well um can well you have to buy everything <laughs> yeah there's no such nonsense as oh there's no money exchanged well there is and a lot of it <laughs> yeah yeah they don't care <laughs> no. <laughs> and in old days was the exchange of you know uh, goods like uh, cattle and uh, things like that and cheeses and milk and stuff and yeah yeah and sure and that, that still goes on today and then the strange traditions like not saying thank you um apparently if you thank your charmer or if you do today if you thank them it will render the charm useless right right um as in some regions, including down here, writing it down um, will render it useless. So I'm hoping I haven't upset too many people in publishing <laughs> the book. I was just thinking, <laughs> it's a whole book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. um, but, um, you, you know, do you know why? I mean, the thank you, for instance, do you know 
I, why would they... I simply don't know why no mm -hmm. um and you know so i was saying earlier magic is magic is magic there's no to to try and delve Explain too deeply to, yeah. is, is a mistake right. i think right right right, right. Yeah. So now uh, we have a cure of animals as well, and then we go into, uh, which is very important, of course, because in the old days they do, and still today, I mean, there are people who are, you know. Do you know of any uh, charmers or uh, cunning folk that still go to, um, you know, the, they are the first one to call before the veterinary? <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. The uh, farmer down the road here was telling me how um, he told a lovely story, actually, with his cattle. He had ringworm in his cattle and um, he phoned the charmer um, and the charmer said, well, I don't need to come and visit you. We can do this on the phone. How many cattle are there that have got um, ringworm? And um, uh, my friend up the road said all the six of them. And he said, well, by tomorrow morning, they will be cured. And that was the end of it. And the following morning, um, the farmer went out to see his cattle and they were all cured except one of them. And then he realized he had seven out there, not six. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> yeah, and that story was told me oh, a year ago. You know, it's, it's still going on. Um, and I think all over Britain, I think, um, especially for ringworm, funnily enough. And walk charming, of course. Um, you know, you'll see warts being charmed in pubs. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cornwall, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now we get into a um, very interesting thing, which is cursing and removing curses. Um, <laughs> people, especially in the most recent traditions, and we're talking about Wicca, modern, you know, Wicca, um, have, uh, you know, this whole thing about, you know, ain't time none, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, that is not the case at all. Uh, actually, historically, it's not the case at all. Um, people would do it and people would remove it as well. And sometimes the same charmer would do both. And that's yes. how it yeah. would go. So um, how, and the museum have a lot of uh, these examples actually from, you know, from even from Cecil's time and, and I'm sure from yours as well that you had added to the collection. Um, now, you know, I always said to people, you know, you cannot, you cannot cure or, you know, if you don't know how to curse and, and mm. you first wouldn't <laughs> know. It's not that you're going to curse, it's just that you need to know the mechanism of it so that you can actually avert it or remove it. Um, yeah. Oh, well, yes, but we don't do that. But um, this is, it was quite, you know, very ain't, I mean, this has been forever uh, happened in the history of humankind since uh, forever. And you actually talked about the Roman um, Britain curses. Uh, in mm. here, in the uh, lead um, plaques and sheets, and um, that still today are are, are being found uh, sometimes in uh, you know tacked away in uh, between bricks and stones and things like that. One of the things that I thought that it was really really interesting is that um, in a time of need, people can actually get together and do it all in a nation, kind of, you know, in a global yeah. scale. And you mention here uh, that 
Hitler pin cushion uh, that you have in the Museum of Witchcraft. Um, yeah. Uh, when Adolf Hitler was, uh, you know, uh, there was a danger of invading and doing all of that, and they did this. So, um, can you tell us a little bit about this, about the list well, of figurines? Yeah. And, the, the, there was, um, yeah, that whole whole time, the war, of course. You know, yes. people revert to traditions during times of stress, and. Um, but I, I stumbled across an article in um, Reader's Digest, you know, a really straight um, <laughs> <laughs> magazine, uh, on, on cursing Hitler. And, um, you know, there was even a little song with it. Right. Um, <laughs> with, we're sticking pins and needles into Adolf Hitler's heart. We're sticking... <laughs> um, and they were suggesting that they got, I think it was the Women's Institute, to, to make little knitted dolls um, and send them out uh, around the country so people to have a mass um, pin-sticking-in session, so a mass cursing of Hitler. Um, yeah, incredible stuff. And, of course, there's all the stories, that you know, the Lammas um, rituals that uh, went on with Gardner and, yes, um, yes, you know, yes. and all the various yes. things. Yes. So, yeah. Wow, very interesting. Now, uh, you mentioned a witch's bottle, and, um, you know, I'm, I lived in, uh, in the area of Salem here in Massachusetts. One of the things that they actually sell a lot is the witch's bottle as you go to any other parts of the world, that the Christian or Christianity is very, you know, important. Um, you will have the crosses and the little images of Fatima and uh, Our Lady and all of that. You have yeah. here the witch's bottle. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and it's it has nails in it. It doesn't get, it doesn't have pee in it, but it does have <laughs> nails right. and salt and black salt and all of that. Um, what was the most uh, interesting uh, witch's bottle charm that you have encountered ever in in your research? That there's so many of them. Yes, um, I know that's but right. I, yeah, they, they really. Are. But I, uh, as I mentioned before, the um, Tamsin uh, Leverton one. Yes, it's. Um, I just. I've actually got some some of the text in front of me. I managed to find. Um, yeah, on the Saturday next being the 17th instance of September, any time that day, take about a pint of your own urine and make it scalding hot and empty it into a stone jug with a narrow mouth. Then uh, put into it so much white salt as you can take with a thumb and two forefingers of your left hand. And then three new nails with their points downwards uh, first being made very sharp. You know, this is um, standard stuff, but it's lovely seeing it documented in an original document. There. Yes, yes, um, yes. It's... Now, the, the, the idea seems to be to, um, to, to send a curse back. So if, you, if your animals are getting sick, you know, you, you believe you've been cursed, you'd see the charmer, they would tell you to, to piss in a bottle and put your pins and nails in it and such like. And the effect on the cursor is that it stops them peeing and causes an enormous amount of pain in the process. Right. And um, they'll come round and uh, usually in most of these charms, they say, well, they'll turn up at the door and the curse will be lifted. <laughs> so, 
It's really interesting, isn't yeah. it? I mean, I I know one that it's very interesting as well, which was done with, um, and it's for gossip, and uh, so it's it's red brick powder. Oh yeah. And and you will say something, uh, and it's in your fire, you know, fireplace, and you just or on fire, whatever you have, and you do say the charm, and then or or the spell, and then you just throw the powder into the into the fire and next morning the person who will have hives yeah <laughs> red hives is the person yeah. that it's actually <laughs> fantastic yeah <laughs> it's great it, it really is great and and it works <laughs> yeah oh i'm sure it does and i think with yes. a lot of these these fairly complicated procedures it's it's the act of going through putting so much effort in yeah. Um, right. that, that, that's where the magic lies for all the exactly. ingredients yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. yeah and the need it's the need that drives you in of course. and that is what really is very very interesting now talking about um songs and and we know that there's a whole lot of folk songs um especially in places like cornwall etc um in the north part of portugal it's the same yeah. you have a lot of songs that have hidden spells and charms in them mm. right what was the most interesting one that you found i mean you have one chapter that's only about that in the book but um can you mention one that really is very interesting for you there's one that i spotted i'm seeing if i can find it in here now it's not immediately there but there's one that um uh, started off um i spotted it in a, a gaelic um scottish gaelic um, manuscript, and it started off uh, a deal. Uh, well, I spotted Deersil three times. A oh yes, yes. And I thought, yes. oh, yes, it's got to be interesting. So I sent it off um, <laughs> to my friends. I had some friends at the time in the, uh, the National Library of Scotland, and got it translated. And it started off. Sure enough, um, Deersil turned once, Deersil turned twice, Deersil turned thrice. And um, it's a cloth consecration song, and it's absolutely charming. Um, it talks about sewing the laughter of maidens into the, the garment. Um, really, I can't, you know, you'd just love to wear something, wouldn't you, that had that had been blessed in that way with their laughter and dancing of right. maidens sewn into it. Fantastic. Right. Just love it. <laughs> Yeah. It's really, really interesting. Now, you do have um, a couple of them in the end, which is called the Magical Medley of Spells and Charms, and they're just, you know, random, uh, very interesting things, like, for instance, to ease child's birth, um, to sell your house, which is another one that's very interesting. Oh, well, I've used that um, one. Is that the leak seat? You do? do? Yeah, use that. That's been really <laughs> successful. I've used it yes. myself, but I've um, told other people about it. Yeah, it's been really good. Well, n now that you have written it down and published, thank you very much, Graham. It's useless. <laughs> <laughs> Not work for you. No, Probably no, you I'm just I've... kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but it's it's really it's really and and this is something that I have found also in the um, practices of, in Portuguese practices as well yeah. um, in the Iberian Peninsula. Actually, it it Joseph is is actually used, but it is one of uh, an image that you take the uh, either the hands off or the head, oh, yes. and then you ask. <laughs> And then you ask, and you say, you know, I'll give you your head back if you, you know, oh. can sell me my house. Oh, yeah, or... right. The, the St. Joseph. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. Very interesting. Yeah, the, the, the burying of St. Joseph is the right. one that I think we've inherited it in England from America, it seemed. And maybe it, um, its origins were in um, Portugal or, or Spain, Germany. Yes. I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and I think it's, yeah, um, yeah. it's gone across yeah. the Atlantic and then back to us. Yes, because, um, and then, so sometimes they have little uh, figurines of St. Joseph, and what they do is that they put them in a, in a you know, a plant or in the garden or whatever yeah. it you have, you know, and they put it up, you know, head down into the soil, and then um, they would say, you know, I will take it out of there when you get what I want. Yeah, yeah. We, um, <laughs> we actually sell a little kit in the museum, or we did when I was there. I'm sure they still do, a little house selling kit with a little um, uh, plaster St. Joseph. And we suggest <laughs> yes. that you give him a chance first and that you paint him up and put some effort in and read a right, charm over right. him and have him... Um, on your mantelpiece or in a prominent place and yes. uh, give, give him a month of that before you bury him. <laughs> then, then, Portuguese don't care. No, they, they just, just put go it in. right down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I believe that you're right. Yes, they do ask, they pray first and then, and then when it's, you know, time, if it doesn't happen, then they would do that. Yeah. Yeah. And what's the difference between a prayer and a spell? You know, there's they're yeah, an right, interesting exactly. one. The same thing, really. Yeah. And you mentioned in the book sometimes that, you know, Cecil actually had that as well, which is repeating the same, very simple, right, thing yeah. for an hour, for instance, yeah. and repeating over and over and over and over again. Um, and it, it does work. It does oh, work. No, no question. And Cecil, um, one of his things I always liked was the use of a swing. Um, Mm. And um, because that aids that repetition, um, you know, Bolstrode away, he had a bully called Bolstrode at school and uh, he would sit in the swing and just repeat Bolstrode away, Bolstrode away. And um, yeah, Bolstrode broke his leg and um, on a skiing accident and never came back to school. So <laughs> <laughs> seems to work. It's great. It's great. And knit, now, knitting's um, the other one of those, isn't it? Yes, you know, knitting's yes. a fabulous way of um, uh, doing magic yes. because of that repetition. Um, well, don't yeah. forget about the rosary. Oh, um, that's true. Yeah. Yes, they would do it in the churches, right in front of the altar. Yeah. And everyone, everyone thought that they were actually doing the rosary, and they were not actually. Yeah. <laughs> they were doing something else. Sure. Um, and uh, yes, uh, so repetition is uh, is one of them. The other thing is rhyme, right? Rhyme, just because it is easier, it's very easy to remember, and it flows really, really, really well. Yeah, and, that's and, and unfortunately, usually very bad rhyme. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Um, so there is one here that I really, really like to capture the wind, which is quite famous, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. um, 
to stand on a hilltop on a windy day and catch uh, three gusts of wind in separate knots to a cordon ro or rope. Yeah. Um, it is very, very interesting. And you do have um, selling the wind drawing in the Museum of Witchcraft, actually. If, yeah. If, if the listeners want to go and see it, um, that would be in there as well. Now, the other one that um, it actually features in a movie, um, the, um, and, and it's very interesting, uh, and uh, The Wicker Man. The original. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking about the original. Um, which is The Hand of Glory. Right, yes. And do you remember that? That she actually lights the Hand yeah, of Glory. Yeah, yeah, that's right. She's asleep. <laughs> um, can, what can you tell us about The Hand of Glory? I mean, there's a whole lot of mystery about this. Isn't there? Time. Yeah, to, um, yes. to be able to... Um, uh, a common charm used by burglars. You know, this would be a dead man's hand... Quite often they'd specify that it was the left hand of a hanged man, um, uh, but 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 not always. It depends where you read your notes, um, and in, in you would often um, turn the hand into candles. You'd either have candles on the end of each finger, or you'd use the hand, the dead man's hand, as a candle holder. Right. Right. Um, sometimes they specify that the candles should be made from the um, the fat from the deceased person, um, so pretty macabre stuff. Um, it but is, yeah. but it would apparently this would um, give you. Um, it was like Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. You would. Um, it gives you the the power to not be seen. So highly prized by burglars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting because there is a, uh, one uh, in a very famous book in Portuguese that it's about fava beans. Yeah. And you get the fava beans into the church underneath the altar for uh, several, you know, mass um, mm. days and uh, to be blessed by, the, you know, to get that power in. And then <laughs> you take them out and you put half of it in your mouth, half out. And while you're doing that, you will be invisible. Mm. That's, it's very we easy to do, yeah. right? Um, that's another thing. The other one is the wondrous candle, which is a little bit close to, and it is related to the hand of glory. Yeah. It's most related to it. Can you talk about it? Well, the wondrous well? candle came from Snow's Hill Manor um, mm. in the Cotswolds. Um, uh, and when they were doing some renovations there, they discovered a room, an upstairs attic room in Snow's Hill Manor, and it was full of clearly magical paraphernalia <laughs> with a magic circle drawn on the ground, there was no question. And um, when they right. discovered this room, um, the Museum of Witchcraft was based around the corner in Stow-on-the-Wold, and so Cecil was called in and um, he said, oh, you don't want to touch any of that stuff. Better I take it all away. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's really dangerous magic. So he ended up um, with quite a lot of stuff from Snow's Hill Manor, including the wondrous candle. Charles yes. Wade was um, an eccentric um, chap that owned the manor house. And um, it's debatable whether he dabbled in magic or whether he was simply a collector. And... Um, People always say that he was just a collector, but they people say that of everybody that's got any intelligence. They, they can't, um, some people struggle to um, believe that people with intelligence <laughs> would, would dabble <laughs> in magic. 
you know, Elderman's is another example. <laughs> There's a whole lot of, you know, like love spells and things that do have, uh, you know, an importance for people because they're love and, you know, you to gain a woman's love or to gain a woman or mm. all of that. But there is a whole lot of things about and or including frogs um, or toads yeah. uh, in the old folk. Um, one of them is in the, in the magical medley of spells and charms and it's to gain a woman. Um, and it's exactly what that it's it's to put a frog into a pot mm. <laughs> that it's full of holes and stuff and stuff it fast and then it has all of the explanation about it how to do it um there's a, a whole lot of things with toads isn't it so or, or, or that really frogs. is yeah andrew chumley right. um did a good paper on this um Right, right, uh, yes. He, he was uh, a great collector of um, frog and toad charms and, of course, the toadsman's word, the, the horseman's word, and um, the, the East Anglian toadsman. Um, yeah, nearly all of these involve um, finding your frog or your toad, killing it, um, uh, and putting it in a pot or letting the ants eat the flesh away. Um, throwing the bones into a stream, sometimes the direction to the stream is specified and such like. Um, and out, after all this procedure, one bone will float and float upstream. That particular bone is said to have all sorts of magical qualities. And you find throughout the book, you've picked on a love charm, but there are plenty of other um, uh, uses for the bone. Um, yeah, they were uh, valued um, in magic. And that tradition um, is found in all sorts of um, uh, secret societies um, right. in, in one right. form or another. Yeah, it's, right. it's, it's right. so common. You know, it's, um, I look at the ingredients of um, spells and charms in, in, in the beginning of the book, and it's, uh, it's remarkable how common the toad and the frog are, along with things right. like rowan berries and, uh, right, and right, such like yeah. red thread. Mm. Right, right, red thread, yes. In the parting thought, <laughs> we have what you call, uh, and what it is, uh, the cock rock. Oh, yes, right. yes. <laughs> that that um, was given to you, right? So you were sent to the museum, right? Yeah. Or to you directly. And uh, and with the letter, and it's very interesting. <laughs> can, can you tell us a little bit about that story? Yeah, isn't it a lovely... Um, lovely it is. The, the letter is yeah, delicious. <laughs> the letter is... Funnily enough, I actually met the woman. The woman oh, had you did? come into oh. the museum, told me about this. She went away and then she sent it and um, sent it anonymously. So although I've met her, I, I still don't know her name and um, I've not met her since. So, But, um, but the, the, this, is, this was a family tradition um, and uh, in her village it was a, a tradition that um, one would put the cock rock under your pillow if you wanted to be with child. And the cock rock is a, it's a you can probably imagine what it is, it's a flint <laughs> that's shaped like a cock <laughs> right. with, with the rest of the anatomy. Um, right. And uh, it's just 
a lovely old um, bit of sympathetic magic, you know, that, that uh, this would be put under a pillow and that you would be with child um, or it would assist. So it's a, a form of Viagra, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And um, how sad that, that, that she sent it to us anonymous, speak, anonymously because um, it, it's nobody believed in it anymore, it said in the letter. Right. And how sad. It is sad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the letter is a little bit sad about, you know, how nobody, well, you might use or have use for it and keep it, please, and, and all of that. It's yeah. it's almost, yeah, it's very, oh, yeah. Um, I felt that your museum is the best resting place for it, and I don't want to start more gossip among the young people <laughs> <laughs> in the community. Please look after the stone. Yeah. But at least it was, it's almost like an orphan, isn't it? Take care of my... It is, you know. isn't it? We put it next <laughs> to the fanny stone, of course, because Cecil had a fanny stone as well, which... Um... <laughs> <laughs> that needs yes. little explanation, but that that these these objects really um they 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 are magical. They're imbued with mm. magic because people believe them or did believe yes. them once. Hmm? Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, we'll help that there are a couple of cockstones around <laughs> and that people actually believe them as well. On the museum so website, today, you know, you can look at these things as well. I don't know if you've ever yes. sort of delved into the website, but you can um, yes. you can yes, search you can. Cock Rock and you'll see a picture of it there and all the yeah. text and yeah. the letter. Yeah. Yeah, better still if you actually buy the book, you can have a look as well because there is a picture of it. Right there. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Troy Books, uh, the British Book of Spell and Charms, uh, by Graham King. And um, are you writing anything else, Graham? Or I'm, is this? I am at the moment. I've just um, I've just walked. I've just fulfilled uh, uh, an ambition, a lifetime amb ambition of walking from Lands End to John O'Groats. Yes, so that's from the bottom <laughs> to the top of Britain. For those that don't know, and that's yes. um, one thousand one hundred and fifty miles. Um, yes. And I did that in a fairly it's a it's a pilgrimage really, and um, and I'm writing a bit about that. Not so much on the walk, but my experiences along the way, and uh, uh, some of the spiritual experiences, and, um, and folkloric ones as well. Right, so yeah, right. so yes, I am still writing. That's really good. We'll look forward for that as well. Well, thank you very much for being on the black chair and uh, giving us a little um, glimpse into your British book of spell and charms and uh, share with us all of this fantastic and very old wisdom of the uh, East Anglia folks. Thank you. I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs>